Hi everyone, welcome to the Millennium Grinders. I am so excited for today's episode. I talked to Lucas O'Keefe. He's a social media marketing expert who leveraged his TikTok fame to start his own business. So he provided a lot of great marketing and business tips. So don't move, you'll want to hear everything he has to share. Welcome to The Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Peter, content marketing specialist, journalist, and founder of The Grind. So The Grind is a platform dedicated to millennial creatives and coaches. If you want to understand how to build a successful business, make sure you subscribe. Every week, I will interview millennial creatives and coaches, and I will give you marketing tips. So welcome to the family. Hello, Luca. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So great. Um, okay, so usually I like to start simple. So I just wanted you to do uh, an introduction of yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Lucas O'Keefe. Um, I'm mostly known for my agency, which is On The Clock Media. Um, but my background is actually I am a school teacher who, you know, always had a real passion for social media marketing always been a huge interest. I majored in English and really enjoyed the communication side of things. So over the past few years of being a school teacher, I was slowly, you know, incorporating my passion for social media marketing into a side hustle, taking on small clients here and there. And um, actually with everything breaking out with COVID now, I decided to shift my business to go into it full time um, because I was able to teach online for the most part. So mm -hmm. it allowed me to really go into my business all in. And as of right now, I'm in a position where normally the new school year would be starting in September, but I've chosen to take the year off. I'm taking a leave of absence because things are going so well with the social media marketing. So I'm, I'm ready to go all in with that. And I'm very excited. Oh, wow. It's actually a smart way to do it. You know, like just take a leave and wait, you know, so it's like a backup plan. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful for you. I'm pretty sure it's going to work out. I think it's a great way to go about it. Um, so, you know, I think the first time you became, you know, quote unquote, a micro influencer, <laughs> it was on TikTok. So I was wondering, you know, what led you to use that app and also what kind of content you were sharing on that app? Yeah, definitely. Um, and and I, I have to give all the credit to me discovering TikTok to my, to my past as a school teacher. So Uh, if you think about that like age group that is all about TikTok, it is the 12 to 16 year olds. So that was um, the main age that I was teaching. I was teaching grade six to grade 10, um, was constantly hearing about it all day from my students, had to, you know, confiscate some phones because kids were on TikTok in class. Um, <laughs> so, I, but eventually, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm also, like I said, very passionate about social media. So I, I definitely got the, the curiosity took over. Um, for me personally, and I had to ch check it out. So one random weekend, just back in November of 2019, I decided to check out the app for myself. I downloaded it, um, used it for about a week. I, I always think it's important to understand the context of whatever platform or method of communication you're going to be using um, before taking action. And I decided to post a, a very simple video on TikTok. It was just like a a humorous one that my girlfriend sent me. Uh, she was in San Diego at the time and it was like a seal on the beach. So using TikTok, I put together a nice catchy song with it. And 
it went viral overnight. So oh, in, wow. <laughs> yeah. So in the first 24 hours, I believe it got 2 million views. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, like real, real virality. Um, it went on from there to just skyrocket. So I think at, at the time we're recording this, it's probably at about 15 million views total on TikTok. Wow. So yeah. you didn't have any strategy. You just, you know, like decided to try something and something that was funny, I guess. Yeah. And I saw, you know, this is social media, what works really well on Instagram, what works really well on Facebook or YouTube. Um, it's the things that are highly visual, they're entertaining and they grab attention, right? That, that's where I'm really about social media. It's this device we all have, you know, in the palm of our hands, um, our powerful smartphones. And there are so many different apps we can constantly be accessing. But the one we use is going to be the one that entertains us the most and the one that grabs our attention, right? So when, when I approached TikTok, I said, this is all about those highly visual, highly engaging, quick videos. I want to I want to get used to this because I'm hearing about this everywhere. And I think there could be a huge potential um, from a business or social media perspective mm -hmm. to really learn about this platform. And that's what I did. Okay. And so, you know, like you started to publish content that was, I guess, entertaining. Um, so nowadays, what do you, do you do on the platform? So with, with TikTok, I've actually shifted almost entirely away from it. Um, with just so many things going on in the world uh, with TikTok, right? I'm sure you've heard the news all about it. We, we don't really know how reliable the platform is going to be. So it was a great platform for me to really like you said, build my brand as like a micro influencer and, and show people and show businesses that I'm, I can adapt to social media very quickly. I know what works in terms of the communication style and how to present oneself on social media. So I actually, I'm at about uh, almost a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, but I haven't actually posted on it since early in June because, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, because I found it is such a powerful platform for building your brand. So if you are like a musician or an artist, or even if you're like selling a product that's really cool and really applies to the Gen, Gen Z audience, then definitely be on TikTok. But uh, myself personally, and most of my clients, we're just finding, you know, Instagram, Facebook, even platforms like LinkedIn are really the places to be now, because that's where they're ultimately going to do the most business, right? They're not looking to have that pop culture stardom that TikTok can give them, which is a powerful tool, like I said, for musicians and other industries. But for business, we're, we're sticking to Instagram and LinkedIn for the most part. Well, I, I find it interesting what you're saying, because um, so I don't know if you heard about it since the, the beginning of the pandemic, uh, there's been a shift, meaning there are way more millennials uh, on the platform. And I think mm -hmm. uh, what I like you said is you have to know your audience, right? Um, so, for instance, I know a couple of, you know, uh, people using the platform who are actually Instagram coach and things like that. And they actually get a lot of followers on TikTok and also clients uh, because they have strong strategies, meaning um, one of them, what she does is that she repurpose, you know, her content and she posts mm -hmm. it on Pinterest, but also Instagram. And, uh, and I remember a couple of weeks ago, she told me, uh, you should use uh, TikTok. Um, but at the end of the day, I still believe it all depends on the type of client you have, you know, and I think it's something that is very important. Uh, but what I like about that platform is that anybody can become viral on it. Uh, 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and really quickly. So, <laughs> you know, but like I say, it really depends on the type of business. And, and I guess for you, it wasn't it wasn't the case. And and I feel like it's something everybody should heard. You know, what kind of platform is ideal for you, meaning your clients, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and I was wondering, so um, how long did it take you uh, to get, you know, a lot of followers on TikTok? Yeah, so so like you like you said, TikTok is that platform where someone can very quickly go viral, um, and so it, it really does benefit those who are looking to use that virality or that viral status to, you know, leverage more customers, more clients, or more business or more sales. Um, so with me personally, once I had that initial video that went that went viral, it quickly lended itself to a, a surge of followers. So I think. Um, just that first week on TikTok, I probably hit about, I want to say about 15,000 followers very quickly, right. which on Instagram, I, I just hit 10,000 this week and it's been months and months and months of hard work, right? So um, <laughs> very, like you said, very different platforms, very different purposes, very different roles. Um, but you're absolutely right that if we think about social media, it's it's all about looking at what platform think of the platforms like tools in our toolkit, right? Like what mm -hmm. platform is going to accomplish your goals uh, most effectively? Which one's going to exactly. match your communication style, your message? And, and that was something that was very interesting when many people were approaching me for TikTok advice was mm -hmm. uh, these were people who were doing so well with Instagram, like, like stunning things on Instagram, um, great things on YouTube as well. And, and they were approaching me saying like, you know, I want to get onto to TikTok. What advice do you have? And I said, you know, to be honest, if, if hopping on TikTok is going to divide your attention and take away from the great stuff you're doing on these other platforms, um, if it doesn't fully match how you communicate, I wouldn't necessarily start it, right? So exactly. um, these were people who weren't comfortable on video. Uh, they, they didn't, mm -hmm. they, they preferred to communicate with like graphic design and more static images than video, right? Which, which is completely fine. It was working really well for them. Um, so I'm all for people, you know, pushing the limit and trying to get on video. Cause I do think it's a very powerful mm -hmm. medium, especially for marketing, advertising and building that brand. Um, but, but I, I do want people to also realize like if something's working for you and you know you're not you're not just only in one platform but if you're like really active on like let's say Instagram and LinkedIn and you have like a website then you know maybe just keep focusing on those and and don't necessarily divide your time too much just because TikTok is the exciting new platform that people are talking about exactly um so i'm guessing after gain, gaining so many followers on TikTok Uh, like you said, you had some people who approached you for advices on the platform. Um, so did you take, you know, this opportunity to get clients? Yes. Yeah, so um, it, it definitely did. I call it social proof, right? If we think about social proof, it can exist in many different ways. Um, for the most part, I, tr I try not to focus on social proof as just like how many followers you have. But you know what? The reality is that it does help, right? So Um, having the amount of followers I did really did get me a lot of attention on TikTok. And I was able to leverage that over on Instagram. So in terms of business, I found that this was March, April of even May of 2020. So just a few months ago, many businesses, uh, especially in countries that just got access to TikTok. Um, so this was India before it got banned, um, Nigeria, 
this, these were countries where TikTok was just becoming a big thing. Um, so many business associations actually booked me to speak in webinars and to speak in conferences. Yeah. So I, I think I probably did during those, during those three months, let's say March, April, and May of 2020, I probably did about 20 seminars or webinars, wow. um, most of it, most of which were paid. Sometimes I did them for free just to be in front of a big audience and to build mm-hmm. my own brand, right? Um, but many of them were paid and great, great opportunities for me to build my brand, which I then leveraged over to Instagram and LinkedIn. That's amazing. Um, there is something you say that that I really like, um, you know, I think like taking this opportunity, but also acknowledging that sometimes you're not going to get paid is very important because people don't understand the value of being in front of different people because they will contact you, you know? And often we get that question is how much free stuff should I do, you know? And I feel like at the end of the day, it's about, you know, adjusting and evaluating what's your comfort zone because some people really don't have any money and they really need to get paid for everything they do uh, but it's important once in a while to do something for free because it, it will get you leads so i really like that so you started uh, on the clock media when did you decide that it was the the right time to do so Yeah, so um, I did have a few like side clients while I was teaching for a few months beforehand. So um, again, I've been a teacher for six years, but with teaching being a very like nine to five job, you could say, right? Because it's when the kids are at school, you get weekends off, you get holidays off, you get, even though there was tons of marking and tons of extra work, uh, you get evenings off for the most part. Um, So I found that that was a good opportunity for me to also start to take on some small business clients. So what I did was even before I was officially on the clock media, I was just like a sole proprietor. I was, um, I had about five local businesses that I was taking on as clients and the, and it was typically within the healthcare niche. So I I had a few chiropractor clinics, um, occupational therapists, dentists, things like that. Uh, and that was just the niche that kind of came to me, um, because of word of mouth. But that, that's what I was doing. I had about five clients on the side. And then as I realized, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I'm feeling really confident in it. I think I can take this and make it something even bigger. So mm-hmm. I, I did have a, I did have like a, a decent foundation before I decided to go all in with On The Clock Media. Okay. And uh, did you have a, a strategy to gain visibility on different platforms and promote your company? Yep. So in, in the beginning, actually... Uh, it's funny because we we discussed the TikTok thing because in the beginning, I almost like took pride in showing up everywhere, as many platforms as I possibly could. Let's say YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, website, TikTok. Like I tried to be everywhere um, and that was my strategy. But I quickly realized that I was spreading myself too thin. I was mm-hmm. trying to be in too many places at once, which is possible for bigger agencies and bigger teams where you have multiple people, right? But as just someone doing it all solo, I realized I need to kind of dial it back. I need to focus on these one or two, maybe three platforms as I'm ready that my clients are going to be or my prospective clients are going to be, and I need to go all in on there. So my strategy quickly became to just focus on Instagram in the beginning, which I which I extended to LinkedIn as well. Um, but it started with Instagram. 
And I really just focused on building my personal brand as much as I could over there. Mm, that's great. So actually to this day, how do you get most of your clients? So even though my brand is mostly built on Instagram, it's about 50-50 in terms of Instagram and LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a very interesting platform because, you know, even if you have fewer followers or connections, right? If you have fewer connections on LinkedIn, it doesn't mean um, you're going to have as much trouble finding work or finding clients. So I find on Instagram, it's a very, like I said, social proof based platform. So you, you kind of feel like you need tons and tons of followers before you can start being taken seriously. Um, LinkedIn, I find the complete opposite. Everybody kind of goes on LinkedIn with mm -hmm. the intent of doing business. Maybe it's to find clients themselves. Maybe it's to find support or work, or maybe it's just to network. It's a bit of everything. So I found my outreach strategy on LinkedIn uh, was very effective because of the nature of the platform. Everybody's just ready to connect. Everybody is open to the idea of business. Whereas on Instagram, occasionally if you reach out to people, many of them might think you are like a scam because <laughs> it's because there are so many people scamming on Instagram. It's almost given like a bad reputation, right? Or it puts like a bad taste in people's mouth where if you reach out, they're like, even if you're super authentic, they might be like very confident you are trying to scam them, which is which is a problem with the climate over there. So that's why I find LinkedIn is is much more welcoming, much more effective for business at the moment. But it makes sense when you think about it. Instagram, it's uh, like you say, it's all about the likes. Um, yes, and, yeah. and also, you know, like beautiful pictures and uh, all those things that makes you feel like you're not always talking to someone who's, who's authentic. Um, rather than when you're on LinkedIn, we're here for business, you know? So yeah. we're here to network and it, it, it makes sense. So I was wondering, um, so how do you promote yourself on LinkedIn, actually? Do you uh, post articles? Do you just do, you know, like short posts? Do you do cold emails? Yep. So I've done a bit of everything. Um, I haven't done the LinkedIn Pulse articles, but although I hear that that is something they're working on and encouraging. So I do have my eye on that in the future. Um, the best format that worked for me building my brand on LinkedIn was actually just hopping on every day, um, reaching out to five brand new people just to actually make connections. And I did it authentically. I didn't just like send out followers and or follow requests. And you have to be very careful on LinkedIn because there are, there's becoming this community. Uh, it's like, they're called like open networkers where they will just accept every single connection request mm. that comes their way. Um, they will send it out to everybody and, and it gives them like, I see some with like 15,000 connections, which looks very impressive, but LinkedIn, like you said, the strength of your network is everything, not the size of your network. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to tell if someone has just went for quantity over quality on LinkedIn. Um, because if you take a look at their connections, let's say they have, you know, 10,000 plus connections, but if you go to their posts, you will see very little engagement, right? Very few comments, very few interactions. And that's because the, the LinkedIn algorithm is extremely intelligent. It can tell if someone has tons of followers, but very little engagement, it will stop showing their content because it, it's going to take that as like, you know, this person has tons of connections, but nobody's liking it. Must not be very good. Let's stop pushing it out. So it, it's a very intelligent algorithm. And, and I think people have to be very careful on LinkedIn not to, you know, get too excited with like the follower count and going after that. Stick mm -hmm. to the quality of your connections and, 
and you'll realize that even with only like 300 followers or connections on LinkedIn, you can start DMing people. You can use InMail and say, hi, you know, I'd like to hear more about your business and your business goals. Here's what I do. If you think this is something that um, you could use help with, I'd love to chat. And, and just something authentic like that mm-hmm. doesn't come on as too salesy, right? It doesn't come on as a scam. You're being transparent. You're, you're showing the person, yes, I am looking to eventually do business with you, but I want to learn about your business first. I want to make sure we'd be a good match for each other. I'm not just taking on every sale I can possibly get. And you can actually have some really strong conversations on LinkedIn by taking that approach. To follow up on what you were saying, I really believe it because personally, I had those times where people would try to reach out to me, uh, just sent me, you know, an invitation. And my approach on LinkedIn is that I always ask people, why do you want to connect? Yeah. Um, And I remember one day (laughs) there's this guy who told me, I don't understand why you're asking me that question. (laughs) (laughs) I was really surprised because it's business, right? It's easier to get a job yeah. <laughs> or to, to grow your business. And I'm like, well, I mean, you have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like you say, um, definitely you have to look at, you know, people inter- interactions. And also, if you noticed, um, they get a lot of unfollow because even though I accept you, you know, as one of uh, the person in my network, it doesn't mean I want to see your content. And I feel like there is so much value in just just looking at how many people are actually following their content. You know, in my case, I have more people fo- following my content than connect, you know. Yeah. And when I see someone is commenting all the time, that's when I link up, you know. Um, so, so, yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense. And I was wondering, so do you just, um, you know, co- contact people who are in your target or do you also network with people who are like you, you know, specialize in social media and so forth? Yeah, a little bit of both. So um, there are definitely those people who I will just do cold outreach to where I've, I use the search feature on LinkedIn to really narrow it down to try and find that they're in my niche. Um, but like you said, probably about 50-50, so equally as much. Um, I will look within my network and I will find people who are already connected to the individuals who I'm connected with. And that is probably the number one way to find authentic people, right? Because um, there are people who, like you said, will just send out a connection request. They don't give any context for it. They want you to accept it, add plus one to their to their contact or to their to their network, and then you never hear from them again, right? People, some people want that. Um, I'm hoping more will realize that it's not an effective or long-term strategy that actually works, but um, we are seeing it. Uh, However, if you look on your, if you look within your network and look at the posts that people in your network are putting up there, find the people who are the, you know, like the rock stars who are really engaging on those posts. And that usually means that those are just genuine people who like to engage, they like to network and they like to, you know, speak and socialize. So I like to go, um, send invitation requests to those individuals because mm-hmm. it already is kind of like filtering out the people who aren't authentic because I can see, you know what, this person looks like they are on here for the same purpose as me. I'm going to send them a request. And and like you said, I think it's always on LinkedIn, always crucial that you open with a DM invitation or like or a connection invitation, meaning you send a message and, you know, instead of just sending it so they get a connection request, send a personalized invite with it and say, Hi, so-and-so, I just happened to notice that 
we're in the same network because we have a mutual follower who is, you know, let's say Erica, um, you've been doing a great job, um, engaging on her, her posts. And I really, I really value that in my community as well. I think we could really, you know, support one another. And then usually something like that is a great way to build a good connection with them. And you can learn, learn about their business goals and get to know them, which is a great approach that I've been taking as well. Great advice. (laughs) (laughs) So in November, I think if I'm not mistaken, your business will be one years old. Yes. Um, and I'm sure that along the way, you learned a lot of things. So I was wondering if you could share with anybody trying to launch a business, uh, what would be your, your advice? Yeah, I, I would definitely say um, when you're approaching your business, don't take on too much all at once. Um, and, and to go along with that, you don't need everything all at once. So if we think about, you know, the common core aspects that we associate a business with, even things like logos, uh, websites, social media presence on this platform, that platform, and that platform, right? Uh, testimonials. There are so many things like a lead magnet. I'll, I'll, I could keep going, but there are just tons of things that we think our business needs right away before we can start. I would just encourage people to dial it back. Think of the purpose that each one of those things is going to accomplish and see if you need them right away or if there's something that you can add in along the way as you as you grow. Because um, speaking personally, that feeling that I needed everything from the start really did set me back. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think if I weren't as motivated or as passionate as I am, I probably would have stopped or quit while I was ahead, right? Before I even began um, because it can be overwhelming when you think you need all of these things set up. So what I, what I actually ended up doing Um, I have more of those features now and more of those things now because I'm really building my brand and have a lot of momentum with that going on. But what I realized is all I really needed in the beginning was my social media presence on Instagram. So a platform that was really working for me. And and like I said, I added LinkedIn eventually, but Instagram was working really well as good bread and butter in the beginning. Um, I used Calendly, which is a great way to um, have people book your time and schedule appointments with you. It even handles payment. Right. So that was one platform that fulfilled many purposes for me. And then I used MailChimp for a quick and easy mail list so I could get a hold of people and, you know, keep them in my in my circle, in my network, so I wouldn't lose contact with them. And with those three things, even before I had like a full-fledged web- website, I was really able to start gaining leverage and working with people in an effective way. And then as I saw, you know, money coming in from from with just those three things. And working from there and building up my client base, then I was able to add some things in or even outsource some things to save me some time. So just mm-hmm. don't take on too much in the beginning and really think about what you want to accomplish and the strategic tools that are going to allow you to accomplish that. So you were t- co- uh, talking about collecting emails. Um, yeah. So what I understand is that usually you keep your past client or even prospect in this email list, do you have another strategy to collect emails? Yeah. So I, I, I think someone should always add a lead magnet pretty early on. Um, and a lead magnet, I always thought had to be like an ebook or something pretty elaborate, but it really doesn't. Uh, it can be something very simple. So what I did early on when I was still focusing on TikTok was um, a list of ideas for, you know, thinking about six different industries. Here are some quick ideas that businesses in these industries can do for TikTok ideas, right? To get on TikTok. And it was just like a two two page PDF file 
that I offered to people on a quick little landing page through MailChimp and people would, you know, give me their email and collect it or sorry, and then get that resource in response. And it worked really well. I got a couple hundred emails just from that. And as you said, the clients I was working with, I was adding them to the list too. A reason why I really like Calendly as a tool is because it syncs with MailChimp. So mm-hmm. whenever someone books with you, even if it's just like a like a discovery call, so maybe mm-hmm. you're having like a quick 15 to 30 minute chat with them to see if it'd be a good fit. As soon as they book that time with you, they are added into your MailChimp mailing list. So it becomes a great way to start building those. And, and I know from um, agency owners or even just influencers, people who are way bigger than I am, they have said the same thing. I've wished I started keeping my mailing list much sooner, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, is it something you actually discuss, uh, you know, on your discovering calls, meaning telling uh, your prospect that they would be added to the mailing list? Because I know that sometimes it can look spammy. Yeah, so I definitely do um, let them know. And even uh, on the Calendly signup page, you can you can customize like the invitation and the, and the details. So I even put a little uh, sentence there to kind of let them know you'll be added to my, to my mailing list, but you're, you're welcome to, to unsubscribe if it's not for you. Okay. And in your, um, I mean, for your business, what happened? Do, do people stay on your mailing list or do they unsubscribe right away? <laughs> yeah. So no, that's a great question. And I think uh, it, it's something that'll differ for everybody. Something I tell people too is inevitably people are going to unsubscribe and, and that's okay, right? Like there are people, and I've done this myself too with with lead magnets, whenever there's like a free resource that I want access to, um, I might provide my email, get the resource, and then I, I'll even unsubscribe like the next time they message me or email me, right? Because I, I just wanted that freebie or that resource. Uh, it's not a bad thing. So I always tell people, don't get too focused on the unsubscribes, focus on the new subscribes, focus on the positive, right? Yeah, so um, I, I inevitably do have some who drop off uh, who they unsubscribe, but usually it ends up leading, like I, I have more of a positive income of, of emails because people are being added to it. Now, that being said, if I ever try something new, like maybe I'm gonna try like a weekly newsletter and I start to see tons of unsubscribes coming through, then I might have to take a look at the data and realize, you know, is this the best thing for me and my business? If I'm losing this many emails, is this a sign that people don't want this? Does this align with my business? And I go from there. Yeah, definitely. And also it's about uh, adjusting your content, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. people just react better to some content than others. Yep. Uh, so it's a great point. Um, so earlier you were saying that uh, your two favorite platforms are Instagram and uh, LinkedIn, but uh, you are also on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. So I was wondering, how do you evaluate how useful those two platforms are? Yeah. So I always look at um, first of all, which one. Well, for, first of all, which one has my potential clients and my customers? Right. That that's where we have to start. And that the prime example I can give for that is my experience with TikTok. Right. So uh, many people ask me like, Lucas, why don't you post on TikTok anymore? You had like a hundred, almost a hundred thousand followers. Like that's, that's huge. Most people don't reach that on any platform. And I said, you know what? It was great. It was, you know, it even like felt great to have that many followers. Um, getting all those notifications was a lot of fun, but the actual return on investment of my time spent on TikTok wasn't that rewarding, right? Like I wasn't mm-hmm. actually getting tons of clients. Um, my main customer base was not on the platform for the most part. It's mostly teenagers, right? Who are just there to en- enjoy the videos. They're not really looking to run a business. And, and I find most B2B 
um, businesses will find that on TikTok as well. It's just, it's, it's much more catered to, like I said, performers, entertainers, uh, personal brands and B2C. So I realized this is not an effective use of my time. Instagram is where I can really help people. It's where um, people are willing to do business with me because, you know, with over 3 billion users, it has every age group for the most part. Um, and then LinkedIn was also fitting in that bill as well, right? Because I found LinkedIn has become much more of a social media platform. It's very much like Facebook, people say, when Facebook first started. So it's not just like this, you know, corporate business platform. Now it's a very, it's very much a social media platform for everybody with those undertones of business that work really well. So those were the two I chose because they had my customer base. And then secondly, I looked at the ones that I could communicate in the best way for. So I'm great at writing my quick thoughts for LinkedIn and communicating there. And I really enjoy, even though I don't consider myself a graphic designer, I do really enjoy putting together designs and communicating in that form on Instagram. So number one, where are your customers? And number two, which way, uh, which platforms cater towards your preferred communication style. Mm -hmm. But what about YouTube and Twitter? Because you are on those platforms. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next step is to boost YouTube. I really, really have to get on there more because I know it has okay. tons of potential. Um, just from linking my Instagram to YouTube and having traffic go from there, I'm at about 400 subscribers, but that's that's very sporadically posting, you know, maybe a video every like, three, four weeks. So my next plan in my content strategy, and I might even look to outsource this a little bit, um, is to start being much more active on YouTube because mm -hmm. I know it is a great way to get that long form attention that really builds um, authority and brand with a really strong community. So that's my next step, although it does take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, I've Twitter, I find some people really enjoy Twitter for the same way I use LinkedIn and Instagram, which is networking and messaging people and connecting within your niche. So I personally find that Instagram does that for me. So I'm I'm on Twitter, but again, not fully active as much as I am on other platforms. I get it. Um, to add up to YouTube, I would say that it's a great platform because it's linked to Google. So it means that when people have questions, you have YouTube videos that pop up, right? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's it's really an amazing platform. And you know, you were saying that you have 400 followers. Um, you know, at some point I had a, a YouTube channel and with just 300 followers that I got, I think in a week, uh, I got so many leads. Yeah, so yeah. So not about the... Um, The numbers, it's really about the content. And that's one of the things that I love about YouTube because people don't necessarily check how many subscribers you have. They, they actually focus on um, the content yep. and if it can help them. So, but I agree with you. <laughs> it's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> Very time consuming. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so time consuming, but honestly, like the conversion rate, it's, it's so amazing. And even myself, I'm like, okay, I should just go back on it because I know it's amazing, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but I hear you. It's, um, it, it's a process, right? <laughs> so you just have to evaluate your time. Okay. What, how many hours do I have right now? And what can I do to be efficient? You follow what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I hope at some point, you know, like you, you be uh, more focused on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely like it's, it's on my radar for September, right? We're just starting September and, and I, I need to, I want to do one video a week and then go from there, but I really have to 
get going on that. Less less talk, more action. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I'm gonna follow up your follow up your lead. <laughs> yes, please do, please do. Hold me accountable. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> So, okay, so with everything that you do, um, you know, there is the, the business part to run, right? Meaning mm -hmm. that when you have a client, uh, you need to make sure uh, that whatever you do, whether it's, it's been, you know, like giving them strategy, you give them their strategy, or if you're running their own business, you know, on social media, just you have to do it, right? So that's the business part. And then there is the promotion part which means being on social media and actually engaging uh, with your followers. And I was wondering, how much time do you actually spend on social media? <laughs> yeah, so th that's, and, and, and I like how you framed that, right? Because the, they're completely different worlds. They're, they're both important aspects of the same thing. But like you said, getting the business, working with clients is very different from engaging and building that brand, right? Um, and personally so this is this is something i've been very aware of and i've been helping people with lately is it is so much easier to focus on like you said the engagement and building up the brand especially on social media because it's exciting we have people liking our stuff we get that endorphin rush we get all these followers you know it's it's, it's an easy trap to fall into but something i've been realizing so well to answer your question first i probably spend about five hours per day Wow. on social media. Yeah. So I, and, and like you said, that's engaging and building my community or supporting my community, um, reaching out to people and connecting with people. So about five hours just doing that. And, and I, and that doesn't include my content creation time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like, that's why I like how you framed it that way, because I'm, I'm becoming very conscious of the ROI of that time being spent. Right. Yeah. Um, while it has really helped me scale to the point I'm at now, and my Instagram is, is growing extremely fast now because of it, I do know and I do have to be conscious of the fact that there, you can do too much engaging, right? And then you can, mm -hmm. just, you can just build a huge follower account. But at the end of the day, it's a business. You have, to, you have to have some kind of income to stay motivated, right? You have to have an actual financial motivation if it's your job. Um, so that's my, that's my kind of word of advice I give to most people because... I even spent a long time um, focusing on just the engagement and building the brand when I probably could have geared towards monetizing it a lot sooner, a lot earlier <laughs> and, and getting clients from there. So one of my favorite takeaways is, you know, you don't need, ten, you don't need to wait till you hit 10,000 followers to start selling stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Don't set that milestone. You can sell to people when you have 100 followers using the exact same strategy as when you have 100,000 followers, right? I agree. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you, you <laughs> engage in five hours per day and then you, uh, you know, like you're focusing also on your content uh, and then you have your clients. So how many hours a week do you work? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it gets pretty, pretty endless and it ends up being like um, tons of off hours. So it's not really like, it's not like a nine to five, like teaching was, that's for sure. Right. So um, I would say, I wake up, let's say I wake up at like, I, I get started at 9 a.m. I'm probably on and off still going till about 6 p.m. most days. Whoa. Yeah. And and, and like you said, that in, on top of that engaging, that is where I work in um, meetings with clients and chats with people and content creation or putting together programs for clients, all those kind of things. So it, it is, it's, it's an important thing to be passionate about. Many people think I think social view social media is like a, an easy way to make money, right? Or like a get rich quick scheme. 
And I tell people all the time, um, if you want to make money quickly, uh, if you get an hourly job, you'd already know how much you're getting paid per hour, right? With social media, you have to understand that you don't know how much, you don't always know how much you're going to get paid for per hour. So the ROI in the beginning is quite low. You have to be in it for the long game and, and look towards how you can scale it and the potential it has for that. You know, when, when you mentioned all that, um, I realized that it can be very draining. And I was wondering how do you stay motivated, you know, to engage, create, find new clients? Yeah. So for, for me, passion is everything, right? So I think passion motivates everything that I do. Um, I really love doing this. And, and that's the, uh, even though that engagement is a huge time sink, I think without the community I've built, I wouldn't have made it this far and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing it still. So, um, that's the main thing I, that's the main objection I have when I see people kind of using the, let's say like the, the cheap tactics for gaining followers on Instagram, right. Where they like follow tons of people, then unfollow them the next day, or they just, you know, just follow people because they want to follow back or just send a quick message, get the follow, then never connect again. Um, ultimately it doesn't end up serving you. And I think those are the people who end up burning out and like you said, losing motivation. So you have to leverage that community. That's my main thing. Um, you have to enjoy doing it and you have to have a goal. So you have to realize like where this could go and, and, you know, put together an action plan to reach there. And then the last thing I would say is just make sure your family and loved ones understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Right. Because for someone, for like a family member or a friend, even who doesn't understand this, it's very easy for them to say like, like, what are you doing? You're spending so much time on that. Like, why aren't you getting paid for this or that? Right. Like it's very easy for them to, to say that. And that can add to the, the, the lack of motivation or, you know, you can feel unsupported. So just having people who understand you and, and if they don't kind of explain it to them and, and try to get them to understand what you're doing and how you're building your own business. And it takes this drive. It takes this passion that goes a long way for me, I find. Mm -hmm. And also um, when it comes to content creation, I was wondering How do you find inspiration? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people check uh, what their competitors or network are doing and then they get inspired by it. But also they get, they get also inspired by the type of questions uh, they get uh, from their prospects. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, looking at what your competitors are doing, I was wondering what is the fine line between copy pasting and, you know, br bringing your own identity into the content? Yeah. So, um, I find it so important. You always have to put your own spin on something, your own twist on the topic, right? Extremely important for the most part, almost every topic virtually has been done, right? Like nothing is brand new. Nothing is really right. Everything has been recycled or refurbished in some way. So that's okay. People, people understand that. But like you said, you still can't just copy and paste. You have to put your own twist on it. So I do do that where I look at um, maybe the top performing posts of my competitors or other people in my niche. I look at my own top performing posts and see how I can add to them as well and maybe re revision them. Um, I look at the questions that come up. Ultimately, at the end of, at the, end of the day, I always say to people, sell, sell someone the solution, right? Or provide someone the solution. Mm -hmm. And that should be your first approach to your business because that's what people want. People don't want you to just um, share cool information with them, right? They don't want you to just, you know, 
enlighten them on something. They want a solution. So if you give people something actionable, something relevant, something that they can follow in order to accomplish their goals, it's usually going to go well. So I look at those problems. And like I said, regardless of the source, I always try to put my own twist on it and root it in my own experience and my own findings. And that does really well. And and I've never been accused once. And I have you know several hundred posts now, um, tons of overlapping topics. I've never been accused once of like copying anything or taking anything because I think people can always feel that authenticity and how I promote my own experience through the lens of these common topics. And also, you know, when I, um, I went on your account and I realized something is that, like you say, you give a lot of value, uh, which one, with some people, you know, we consider it's free value. Um, and last time I remember I was on Instagram and I remember one, a person was saying, you know, when is the right time to start selling? And um, so I was wondering what's your methodology to actually leverage a platform like Instagram to actually get leads? Yeah. And, and the question of, you know, how much to offer for free or how much to give away for free is one of my favorite topics in social media, especially with Instagram, right? Um, I do strongly believe that giving away your best stuff for free is a way to build authority. It's a way to show someone, yes, I do know how to help you. Here's all the stuff I know, right? Here's all. And, and like I said, when you make your content from experience, it also has that added punch of showing someone that you've lived it, you've done it, and you can help them. So what I always say is give away your content for free because at the end of the day, someone who's going to hire you or you know come on as a client wants you to help them. They want more than just being told the free information. They want it either done for them, right? Or they want you to kind of guide them through the process more one-on-one, more customized. So those are the people who you want as your clients. Those are the people who are going to pay. And that's why no matter what, giving away your content for free is still the best way to fall under the radar of those people to get their attention and to potentially start taking them on as clients. Um, In terms of when to stop giving away things for free, that's also another important topic that comes up, right? Uh, Because it can be a trap to do do it for free for too long. So What I always tell people is have those clients that you are taking on for free, keep it small, keep it limited. So maybe just three people um, who you are going to help out for free. But just because you started the relationship offering them work for free or help for free, you need to know when to pivot or to leverage and just be authentic with them and say, you know what? I've really enjoyed working with you. However, I'm becoming quite busy and I'd love to keep doing it, but we're going to have to discuss payment and continuing on that way if you're interested. And mm-hmm. more often than that, you, more often than not, you've already built the relationship. You've built the connection. They're already feeling how you can help them. And that is a great way to get someone on as a paying client, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always think that's a great way to do it. Don't stay, don't stay on with someone for too long as just a free client. Um, Everybody loves free stuff, but don't be taken advantage of. And doesn't mean someone doesn't have to be like a bad person to take advantage of you, right? Like they might not even know they're doing it, but you don't want to, you don't want to fall into that trap of it happening. So yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to kind of leverage that and start converting people to paid customers and paid clients. Cause ultimately that's what you need to do to keep your business going. Mm-hmm. So I have a last question for you. Mm-hmm. So I know you gave a lot of tips uh, during this interview and I thank you for that. Um, 
But I was wondering, so what are your five, but really the five most important tips you would give uh, to entrepreneurs who are trying to get leads on social media? Yeah, so I, I would go back to starting with like, don't spread yourself too thin. Don't try to do too much all at once, right? So going along with that, find the things that work for you and have a high ROI or return on investment and stick to them until you're ready to scale and take on more. Um, going along with that as well, next thing, so second, I would say absolutely leverage community, right? So community is the way you stay in this, especially as an entrepreneur. People use the words like hustle and drive, right? But um, being an entrepreneur is totally an identity. Um, and there are tons of people who share that identity with you. So lean into them, find support from them because it's a great way to do it, right? I, I have a huge, a huge complaint about people who kind of, like I said, try to just use a community to grow or for their own gain because it doesn't end up working out for them, right? People who just prioritize followers, they're, they're going to experience burnout because they won't have the support that comes with community. Um, third, I would definitely, as best you can, leverage your unique brand and in most cases, your personal brand, right? So if we think about that, social media is the, is the name of the game. You have to be social. And the best way to do that is by being yourself. Like, mm -hmm. like we said with the topics, right? With the copy and paste and whatnot, everything has been covered. <laughs> there are so many accounts for every possible niche um, doing many of the same, uh, conveying much of the same information. So the only way you can make that unique is by conveying that information, but in the lens of who you are, um, who, what your experience is, where you come from and your teaching style. And that really does become your ultimate like superpower. Be yourself, be unique, and there will be people who want to work with you. So I think that was number three. Um, take care of yourself, take breaks. Uh, social, <laughs> social media can be extremely, I would even say addicting. Um, I'm like, I've been at the point where if I've, you know, had to go, not had to go, but if I've had the opportunity to go camping or to go on a vacation, I found myself worried about like not having mobile reception or stuff like that. Right. And, and that's not good ultimately, right. That's not a healthy practice. It's not a healthy feeling. So take breaks and understand that breaks are, are necessary to come back stronger, right. Or to stay, to keep your engine going, you have to take a break. If you don't, then working endlessly is not sustainable. So that's the main thing. Um, and then last one, I would just say, be aware of what's going on. Don't be afraid to innovate, right? So there are tons of new opportunities and new features. And while it shouldn't take up all of your time, because like I said, if something is working, keep using it. Don't, don't shy away from it just because a new opportunity comes along. But there will be changes in social media. There will be trends. There will be incoming news updates and things like that. Um, be aware of them. And whenever one comes across that you think you can adapt to, and use, it's always a great opportunity to get that great reach, get your, get your brand more known and get it out there. And you just got to be, you just got to keep your eyes open and be able to adapt really quickly to do that. Thank you so much. Um, so before closing this interview, um, I just wanted to ask you to share the platforms where people can find you. Yeah, um, I would say just because Instagram, like I said, has been become like the hub of everything. Um, Instagram would be a great place to go. So it's just the Lucas O'Keefe. Um, so L-U-C-A-S-O-K-E-E-F-E, -E -E, the Lucas O'Keefe. And I'd be happy to connect with people over there on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the great value you provided. 
And you know, uh, I just wish you a great day. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it's been great to be on there and I really appreciate the opportunity. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, if you did, please give this podcast a five stars and subscribe. The next episodes are only going to get better. So stay tuned. <laughs>